With your permission, Lord, if you're present with us in the most blessed sacrament, I'd like to reflect briefly on today's gospel, on the, the climate that the church is in very often, and, and by the church I mean the people that make up the church, the body of Christ. And perhaps a, a method of preserving and nourishing and nurturing those things that we find good, carrying them on from one generation to the next. I'm sure this was uh, something I learned uh, in, as like a sixth grader uh, taking Latin for the first time, but, um, but tradition has its root in the, in the verb tradere, which is to, to pass on, to hand on. So when we speak of tradition, it's, it's what we have received from those who have raised us. This has been handed down to us. And Lord, we, are, we have such a beautiful patrimony, a beautiful patrimony of, of our faith. The patrimony, I mean, it's, it's a, a, a true patrimony of being beloved sons and daughters of God. Patrimony of the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. And many ways of living out the gospel that are beautiful and inspiring and, with the help of God, will renew the face of the earth. During the homily this evening, the deacon spoke of defending uh, what we have, right? And, and, and referring to that, to the military oath, right? To defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. And we have something great to defend and to build up and to nourish, and that is our faith. We are incredibly, incredibly blessed. It's easy, Lord. It's easier, perhaps, but not, 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 not very effective um, to focus on everything that's going wrong. And yes, we need to identify, okay, that's, this thing is going wrong, right? Um, the barbarians are at the gates, right? Uh, the, you know, and and they're, not, they're not speaking a barbarous language that the, that the Romans had never heard before. They're saying men are no longer men and women are no longer women and marriage is no longer marriage. And um, this, this, this gospel of... of, um, of my feelings dictating reality, my truth rather than the truth. And yet, we don't seek to destroy the barbarians at the gates, right? We, we want to uh, show them something good, welcome them in, say, do you know how beautiful and wonderful, how fearfully and wonderfully made you are? Beloved Son of God, beloved daughter of God. This is our great task and one we, that we cannot do on our own. A priest friend of mine, he, his favorite phrase, perhaps not his favorite phrase, but a, very, a phrase he uses very often, especially in the midst of the kind of the madness of running a parish, which is a family and. Um, a small company 
uh, a parish with a with a with a school will um, that is that is uh, that, that definitely meets the criteria of a small business um, when you've got when you have like fifty people on the payroll right and and the priest is in charge right and 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 he's trying to just bring it all together with the help of God and with the help of the wonderful people in the parish. And it's easy to just get kind of bogged down with the nonsense. And he'll say this all the time. Let's find the good. Right? Father, this is going wrong and that and this and this. And then someone complaining or gossiping or whatever it may be. And it's easy to fall into that. And his constant phrase is, all right, let's find the good. So perhaps on, on, on a larger level, not just on the parish level, but... In the diocesan level, or the level of our own homes, our own vocations, our own evangelical work, let's find the good. Because the barbarians at the gates, they're not like pure evil, right? They're not at all. They're good. And they're wanting good. They just, they, they haven't met him yet. Let's find the good. Okay, like find, find, find the crumb of goodness in in. Maybe not in their philosophy, because there's not much there, but in their heart. And this takes effort. And we have to be there. We have to be present with them in order to to offer that to them. And yes, will it be rejected? Absolutely. Absolutely will be rejected. It will probably be rejected more than it is accepted. And yet, that is the way it has been for the entire life of the church. Paul has been speaking in the Acts of the Apostles this week about how we are to persevere in preaching the faith. He said this yesterday. said this today. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come among you and they will not spare the flock. And from your own group, men will come forward perverting the truth to draw the disciples away after, after them. So be vigilant. To remain vigilant in the face of a lack of truth and the damage it does to souls. I think seeing the, um, the carnage, let's call it what it is, the carnage of souls lost to a, to a philosophy of self-aggrandizement and selfishness. We can opt, perhaps, and this is an option, to, to, to flee, right? Um, to flee from the world in order to build something up good and then eventually come back into the world. And it's, it's kind of a monastic option, right? Some monasteries were well away from the city for a reason. Um, and I know I'm not doing it justice, but um, it, it's, this is more or less known as the Benedict option. And a good one, not a bad one. The Benedict option. Rod Dreyer, the author of that book, The Benedict Option, he writes, we should stop trying to meet the world on its own terms and focus on building up fidelity in distinct community. Instead of being seeker-friendly, we should be finder-friendly, offering those who come to us a new and different way of life. It must be a way of life shaped by the biblical story 
and practices that keep us firmly rooted on the truths of that story in a world that wants to obscure them and make us forget. And what a great point that is. To not meet the world on its own terms, but to to meet the world on our Lord's terms. And yet there's another option that I think for most vocations may make a little bit more sense. This is the author Alan Jacobs proposed this a few years ago. He calls it the Gandalf option. Um, And he hasn't written a book yet, but I hope he will soon. He said this in an interview. He said, I'm just inventing it right now. I hadn't thought to call it this before, but it's something I think about a lot. There is a point late in the Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is confronting Denethor, the steward of Gondor. And Denethor thinks that Gandalf wants to be the one to rule Gondor. Gandalf tries very hard to be patient with Denethor, and he says, Denethor, my lord steward, you need to understand something. The rule of no realm is mine, neither Gondor nor anywhere else. It's not what I do. I'm not here to rule. I am here to try to nourish and to care for all the good things that I find in this world. He continues, When I come across something that is alive and is capable of bearing beauty, then I want to nurture that. And that is my call. And if through this whole mess and misery that they were going through at the time, he says, if anything survives that can flower and bear fruit in the days after, then my work will not have been in vain. So perhaps our goal, and it's related to the Benedict option, but with a slight distinction, is to find the good in the midst of the world and nourish it and build it up. Perhaps this is on my heart because right now we're starting the process of um, restoring this church, actually. Eventually I'll fix, fix the HVAC so it doesn't blow at 60 degrees all the time but to renew it according, in part, to to how it was before. Because for nearly 100 years, people have worshipped here. And what is here, and some of the things that were here, were true and good and beautiful. So let's build it up. Let's make, let's, let's find the good. And right here in the middle of the world, in the middle of Solomon's, right, it's the biggest building you see, is this church that stands firm in the middle of chaos. So yes, it's a, it's a symbol of the truth that does not waver according to the trends of each day. But there's something good to be found under the many layers of paint and whitewash and carpet and renewed, restored, made new again because the word of God, the gospel, is living and effective and it needs to be preached anew. We can find what is good and nourish it. Find the good, brothers and sisters. 
And if we find that in the midst of trying to find the good, we are perhaps at a loss. Let's turn to Our Lady, who, when she is told of the difficult things to come, like your heart to a sword shall pierce, where there's mysterious things to come, that she ponders all of these things on her heart, in her heart, and bring the, brings them to the Lord. May we have that same faith to ponder them, to pray on them, and to do the Lord's will without delay, to find the good, to nourish it, and to bring it to a world which is deeply, very much in need. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.